Oh, you want coronation? Well, his, his royal majesty is be coronated here on Saturday. I can give you some coronation Coronated? Crown, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just invent a word? Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Without these people, this show would be called The Late Show with a guy rambling about the Lord of the Rings and boats for an hour. <laughs> yes. Who's that, Colbert? Colbert, yeah. yeah. This morning, Hollywood writers have walked off the job, touching off a national crisis. How are we to be entertained? Whatever are we going to do with ourselves? But a lot of us, everybody's had an idea for a show, right? Easy to write shows. I got lots of ideas. Or a book or a movie. Sure, right. I, they, they should do a show about this, right? Remember, the whole Seinfeld was totally based on that. I'm really serious. I think that's a good idea. Just talking? Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. <laughs> no story? No, forget the story. You gotta have a story. Who says you gotta have a story? Who says you gotta have a story? That's well, the show. Right, this is the show. Writers write the shows. Even reality TV has writers. Late night TV has writers, and those writers are off the job. ABC's Andrew Dimbert. More than 11,000 film and TV writers went on strike after the Writers Guild of America and a group representing TV networks and studios failed to agree on a contract. The first to feel the effects of the strike, late night comedy shows like Jimmy Kimmel Live. The two sides are at odds over writers' pay for shows on streaming services, among other things. The writers say streaming's lack of a regular seasonal calendar has hurt their pay. And one of the Hollywood writers was talking about this. A screenwriter said, like, we're looking for guys to be able to make middle class wage. And that's a misconception, I think. I would have thought, like, if I if I meet a Hollywood writer, and not everybody's writing on a hit show either. Sure. I would have thought, like, wow, you're probably doing they're pretty good. They're rolling in yeah. it. Yeah, you're rolling. And they're saying they're not. For most writers, middle-class living is the best we can hope for here. We're just trying to, in this whole new world of streaming and all these other things, we're trying to work out new ways to pay these guys. Because right. it used to be, if you got on a show that got syndicated, then you benefited from the residuals when it went to one of the cable channels or whatever in syndication. And apparently that... There's a disparity now in how that all gets paid out. So that's what they're fighting over. Regardless, uh, get ready for some reruns. What did you do today? I got up and came to work. There's a show. That's a show. <laughs> how is that a show? Well, uh, maybe, maybe something happens to you on the way to work. No, 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 nothing happens. <laughs> well, something happens. Well, why am I watching it? Because it's on TV. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The NFL draft has come and gone, and for now, the focus for Matt LaFleur and his Green Bay Packers is finding out where all their new pieces can start to fit in. Again, it's going to be pretty fluid, I would say, throughout the course of the offseason in terms of what we're going to do. But, um, you know, I think our job as coaches is to find out what people do the best and put them in those situations and, and still always trying to work on uh, maybe what are perceived weaknesses or whatever, but uh, just really excited about the group overall. I think we, we definitely got better. Uh, now it's now it's on us to try to develop these guys as quickly as possible and, and put them in situations where they can showcase their talents. With a roster that has gotten much younger over the past week or so following the draft, Matt LaFleur is excited to see what they got in their 13-plus rookies Heading into 2023. Well, I think the expectations are to to put in the work each and every day and, and get better and better and better. But 
Um, never going to limit what we can and cannot do. We just got to find out what works best. Uh, certainly having a lot of youth is exciting because you really don't know until you get these guys in here and start to work with them. But um, I, I do think we've got some talented players to work with, and we'll see what they can handle. The Packers rookie minicamp kicks off this Friday and will run over the course of the weekend, wrapping up on Sunday. Over the Diamond, where the Milwaukee Brewers are back at it tonight, and they begin a six-game road trip tonight in Colorado. The crew will have three against the Rockies and three against the San Francisco Giants before returning home next week. For tonight, Freddie Peralta is slated to get the start for the Brewers with a first pitch scheduled for 740. You can tune in right here on WTMJ, the home of the Milwaukee Brewers, beginning at 7.05. Weather looks to be improving through the week. We'll check in live with Storm Team 4 meteorologist Marissa Wallace and next on Wisconsin's Morning News. And at 7.21 on Wisconsin's Morning News, Storm Team 4 meteorologist Marissa Wallace is with us live. So we get through today, Marissa. You've got this slight chance of rain. I've noticed some rain showers kind of hanging around over Lake Michigan and just sort of nipping our lakeshore communities this morning. Yeah, we just cannot shake this big storm system that's been impacting our weather since this weekend. So it's kind of it's off to our west, and we are literally on the farthest. Uh, excuse me, it's off to the east, and we're on the farthest western edge of it. So most of the showers are over Lake Michigan, farther off to the east and southeast. But a few of them have kind of clipped in from time to time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple sprinkles. Not even only this morning, but even through this afternoon, it'll be nothing like yesterday. And honestly, I wouldn't even suggest wearing a raincoat out there this morning. It really won't be much, if anything. Thing at all good well i have track tonight do you have track or you i have baseball all? tonight oh baseball tonight all right yeah. so we're both i mean it's not nice but there is that and then you've got 60s returning by the midweek yeah, thank goodness we do have some warmer temperatures. It will get warmer inland faster than it will get warmer inland by, or excuse me, by the lake. We will have temperatures into the low to mid-60s starting uh, Thursday inland and then even pushing 70 degrees by this weekend. By the lake, I think we're going to keep it in the mid to upper 50s for a bit longer, likely not getting up to about 60 until Saturday. Um, but overall, we are looking at some drier conditions, especially tomorrow and Thursday. Chance for showers on Friday, just a slight chance there, and then again potentially on Sunday. But really no big storm systems coming on through. Hey, Marissa, do you get into the Met Gala? Stuff the your fashionista. I do. I love fashion, and I always love like things that aren't really boring. I always love like um, no offense to anyone that likes you know just the white, black, tan colors. I like all sorts of you know vibrant colors. So um, the Met Gala for me, I because you know a lot of things with Karl Lagerfeld with black and white. That was his like you know trademark style. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, I wish like you know more people did a lot of other stuff. Um, But I I liked some looks from yesterday. So I'm conflicted on it because I, I do appreciate the art of the costuming, mm-hmm. if you will, but at the same time, nothing ever looks efficient to me. Like, I don't oh my god, about whether or not people can sit down. <laughs> yeah, yes. they can sit down and eat. Yes, or even just, you know, walk. Like, you know, sitting down is one thing, too, but even to walk and, like, some <laughs> people have to be helped up the stairs. Like, I know, that's where you're like, okay, is it worth it in this sense to have to wear that if you can't even, like, move five feet? So, uh, some of the pieces, though, were beautiful, what I saw yesterday. Who's I don't the know, lady who looked like fashion. the cream puff? Who do I keep pointing out every time she's on TV? Oh, Rihanna? I, uh, was Is that who was it was? Was it Rihanna? I mean, she had a whole white outfit on yeah, there. Yeah, and it had like it, swirls did, on it like that were yeah, like, like three-dimensional. Yeah, like roses, yep. I, th- yep, I thought yeah. she looked like hers. a cream puff. Okay, I could see that. Should I mean, I actually didn't... I didn't think hers were the worst. <laughs> come on, Rihanna, come to the fair. Yes. We think you look like a cream puff. I'm sure she'd go for that. 
<laughs> and I don't want to replace the mascot, the cream puff mascot, but no, she yeah, no. definitely had that hey, going. Maybe I, the cream puff mascot somehow creates a Met Gala outfit this year for the fair. That would be awesome. That, now, who, actually, who I else, thought Cardi B looked fantastic. I thought she had a yes, super cool Agreed. I I was just going to say that as well because I like she had the similar swirls too. I think they're all were kind of emulating flowers and so she okay. had the black kind of roses all over her skirt. I thought she was actually probably definitely my top 5 if not my favorite last night. I mm-hmm. thought she was beautiful. Okay, if we had some sort of Milwaukee equivalent, what are you dressing your husband up in? Now is he are you telling him play it straight just wear a tux, ain't your show. I'm going to wear something crazy or are you going to like dress him up as something? Um, well, knowing my husband, um, who's an accountant, uh, so, um, no offense to accountants. I love them. Um, I would tell him just to keep it nice and simple because it would be like, he would be clawing tooth and nail. Like I could never put him anything like creative. He doesn't really like, you know, to have fun with stuff. Like I like have fun with fashion, you know, with the weather, trying to coordinate that he would never do that at all. Well, yeah, who is our guy? Mandalorian guy showed up in shorts. Yeah. Like mm. a long red coat and shorts. And he had these like calf length socks so, with dress shoes so here's yeah. something marissa maybe you can answer this so other uh, than just being very unique and crazy looking and, and leaving a mark for someone to see it on twitter or whatever is there like an actual fashion trend that can come off of some of these costumes that we see like does this mm. does this turn into something or not really i you know i don't really think so but i mean if anything like maybe we start going back to i mean suits became a thing again like so pantsuits for women were a big thing in the 90s and like i being in the tv business you know in the early 2000s and then the early 10s like it was like we don't want to wear suit jackets anymore but they've started to come back in fashion carl lagerfeld had you know his kind of look with a suit jacket and a tie or something of that sort so maybe that comes back in fashion and then also maybe he was also known for kind of that um i don't know what it's called like the bike uh, like the thing on his hands, like the glove, but it was more like a bike kind of looking glove. Ah. Like if you're riding a bike, that kind of thing. So maybe that kind of becomes more in style, some um, accessories like that. But I don't know. A lot of times I feel like that stuff, you're like, like you were talking, practicality. You can't move five feet. Why would I ever like wear this in real life? So. And we have no equivalent event in Milwaukee where you'd be, be walking awesome. around. Oh, any of that. we have to set something no. up. We got to make a fundraiser. <laughs> All right. Off to do TV. Thanks, Marissa. Yes. Bye, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Who was the guy who was wearing, like, was all silvered out? I like, he know. had, like, I, paint on. I didn't recognize who he was. I know Doja Cat was an actual cat. So who made it? Wow. Wow. Okay, so something a little different. So, what was your inspiration for tonight? Be honest with me and go into detail. Wow. <sighs> wow. <laughs> This is actually happening. So what are you excited to see? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the red carpet interview with Doja Cat. First Matt. <laughs> hey, I give her credit. She stuck with it. Yeah, she stayed, <laughs> she in, stayed character. in character. Well done. Geek. on Wisconsin's Morning News. Oversight on your part this morning, Eric. No coronation news. Oh, you want coronation news? His Royal Majesty is coronated here on Saturday. I can give you some coronation news. Coronated? Crown, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Did I just invent a word? That's awesome. (laughs) I'm American. What the hell do I know about it? (laughs) That's right. Have an election over there, why don't you? What's going on over there? You don't vote for king? 
So okay, here's a little here's a little snippet of news. Okay. The, the coronation guys is on Saturday. The coronators. A mixed reception to a new moment of the coronation. All Britons will be called on to swear allegiance to the king during the coronation. It's not too much to ask, is it? They have everyone stand up and talk to their TV and say, "I swear." You're supposed my to allegiance. do it at home too. Yes, everyone. We call on all Britons. How are they going to enforce this? Well, they're <laughs> all of a sudden, it's not going to be enforced. <laughs> you must videotape yourself doing it. Those, those, Post guys, that video. those guys in the big hats are running around the street looking for people who didn't stand. <laughs> hey, he didn't stand up. <laughs> I'm American. Right. It's, okay. Uh, I'm American. No, it's okay. I'm a tourist. <laughs> right. Alchemy is not standing then. I I think that's a little odd. <laughs> yes, they'd be I forcing agree. people to do that. And and there's some concerns over the cost. $125 million for this coronation. Okay, I want a full coronation report tomorrow. All right, we'll bring you <laughs> on top of I that. got plenty for you. 743, Dom Catronio and Brewers 360. Coming up next. Thank you, Debbie. Brewers 360 is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Our guest with the Brewers now in Colorado is Dominic Catronio. Morning, Dom. In spirit, morning, guys. Yes, no roadie for you. No roadie for me. Not not, not this one. So some late nights this week. So wait. So how how is it determined when you travel and when you don't? It's a great question, actually. Uh, basically, who decides Chicago. That? I'll go. I decide, or Matzik decides. Um, but basically, <laughs> um, Matzik decides. I don't want my fate <laughs> in his hands in any way. <laughs> no, we're ready to rip, man. I think this is a, an important series. The Rockies stink. But it's Coors. You know, you never know what you're going to get at Coors Field. All right, Freddie on the hill tonight, right? So, I mean, I know that's one thing that our our pitchers worry about. Like the uh, what is that legit? I know the thinner air, the ball flies farther, all that stuff. That's for real. Oh, for real, for real. I mean, just look at what happened in Mexico City this past weekend with San Diego and San Francisco, right? Homers are plenty. It was crazy. This the ball doesn't spin as much, so you don't get as much break on your pitches. And at the same time, the ball just carries and. The thing about Coors Field, it's not exactly, everyone assumes it's the easiest place to hit a home run. Like, I guess by technicality, yes, but truly the gaps are so large, it's the easiest place to hit doubles and triples. And uh, the fun thing for Freddie is that this is his first time pitching in Colorado since his epic Major League debut. Remember, struck out 13 on Mother's Day back in 2018, so there certainly will be some emotions for him back at Coors Field. Dom, uh, speaking of tearing it up, Keston Hera is is on a tear right now down in uh, down in AAA Nashville. What, what do you think is the plan with Keston? There's a lot of injuries, obviously, up here in Milwaukee. Um, some guys rotating. Tyrone Taylor's coming back. What do you think the Brewers' plan is with, uh, with Keston uh, on the outlook for 2023? Well, the reason why Keston is down in AAA right now is because Basically, he didn't perform well enough in spring training. They had Luke Foyd acquired, and it was a competition battle for the backup first baseman. Uh, What Keston needs to do is keep doing what he's doing, especially against left-handed pitching. This has been an anomaly seeing him perform better against lefties in AAA, which is something he hasn't done even when he was tearing up AAA the last few years. However, yes, there are a lot of injuries on this team, but I don't see him coming up to the big leagues unless there's an injury specifically to somebody at first base, whether it's Rowdy or Luke Voigt. Uh, Because remember, when Keston comes up, you don't have the flexibility to option him when he arrives because he is out of options, and if you option him again, or if you try to DFA him again, he has the option to reject that and become a free agent. So uh, that's something to keep in mind with Keston. It is kind of crazy that they managed to keep him in the organization and that nobody wanted him, but 
we're still a ways away from him coming into the big league level again. Talking about Dom Catronio, one more for you. So my, my dad's been to Coors Field, said it was an amazing ballpark. Is that among your favorites, like fan perspective here? Absolutely. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm a big fan of Coors. As you guys know, I'm a West Coast guy. Uh, I've been to Coors a few times back in my days growing up in Arizona. Uh, I think it's obviously better when you're over the age of 21 for obvious reasons. <laughs> but it's a really fun ballpark. There's not a bad sight line. And I will say, Denver fans, they really show up, show out. They have fireworks like every weekend. Uh, they have a really good time. They love their Rockies. Dominic Catronio, host of Brewers Extra Innings. Look forward to hearing you on the air. Well, I mean, you know, those of us in the early morning hours, as you can appreciate, Dom, we'll just we'll have to hear the podcast. Yep, Brewers All Access <laughs> right here. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, my friend. 749, Mark Tauscher's up next. Idea Man. Can you help me, Vinny the Lawn King? Innovator. I'll bag if it's going to be a showmo. Showmo. And Packers Hall of Famer. I'm going to be honest, I got no FOMO for your showmo. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by your Wisconsin Chevy dealers. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News is sponsored by your southeastern Wisconsin Chevy dealers. At 7.53, Tausch want to lead off with the deadline looming today for the Green Bay Packers. So explain what's happening with Jordan Love. He's got a fifth-year option, so this would be his fourth year, but he's got a fifth-year option coming up, and the Packers can make that happen today? Yeah, so the deadline is at 3 o'clock Central Time today. And so basically what happened in the last collective bargaining agreement, uh, I guess it would have been two collective bargaining agreements ago, rookies were getting paid too much money. First-round picks were getting paid too much, so the owners decided they were going to give a guarantee, and then they would go down to four-year contracts. But if you're really good, they got they have the option, the fifth-year option, to pay a certain uh, wage, and you are under uh, contract control for five years. So um, normally it's pretty cut and dry because a player is going to play a bunch. Uh, if you're like Kenny Clark, it's a no-brainer, hey, He's a heck of a player. We want him for a fifth year. We want to work out a long-term deal, but we get this buffer year to kind of keep uh, you know, keep him, and then that helps with the negotiation because that fifth year is locked in. And for Jordan Love, that'll be $20.3 million, uh, $20. million which in the grand scheme of things is a big old nothing burger for starting quarterback. So all of this debating, I, I was under the assumption that this was going to be a no-brainer. You just traded Aaron Rodgers away. You believe in Jordan Love, and you're getting Jordan Love, if you start him this year and next year, for about $11.5 million per season, which is what some backups are making. So I didn't think anything of it. Then Bill Huber of uh, you know, Sports Illustrated asked Brian Gutekunst what I thought was a throwaway question at the end of the draft press conference Saturday night, and he, he gave a very interesting response, basically saying, Eh, it's a lot of money, and that surprised my co-host, Jason Wilde. It surprised me, and I think it surprised a lot of Packer fans, but then this morning I get up and I read Brandon's article saying don't do it, and I'm thinking if you don't do this, then what on earth are we doing here? Do we not believe that Jordan Love, you see him, you don't believe that you could pay him, in essence, $11.5 million dollars? For the next two seasons, with, on average, you don't want to do that? I'm surprised that Brandon wrote that article. I'm surprised I felt that way writing that article, Tosh. 
But he but surprised I, but, himself. But I look at it like <laughs> there's a couple moving pieces here. Like we saw it with New York and Daniel Jones, right? And it paid off for both sides, right? Uh, Daniel Jones with the four-year 160. They declined his fifth year. He played that contract out, and he proved to play pretty well uh, within the 2022 campaign. Uh, it, it, it really, I mean, it's a win-win for me, I think, if you decline it, because you're going to pay him regardless if he's good, right? You're you're not only are you going to pay that extension, but you're going to eventually extend him because that extension or that option is only one year. This year gives you, a, you know, you you can kind of, Test the waters with Jordan Love. See what he's what he does. He's been in the system for four, going on four years. Uh, you know he's he's there all off season. If he if he bombs this season, he's terrible. Well, then you wash your hands. And yeah, it's only twenty million dollars. But for a team that has been you know held back from the cap for twenty years, I mean, I, I think you're just you're risking a lot for a guy that you know nothing about yet. You're not risking a lot though. That's the that's the argument I'd come back with. And looking at it. The New York Giants did not want to pay Daniel Jones $45 million. If they knew he would be that good or win as many games they did last year, they would have given him the fifth-year option and let him play and prove it another year, which I think most Packer fans are looking and saying, you know what, Jordan Love, I hope you go out. We all know there's going to be some growing pains, some struggle, but we want to see that progression. And then if you don't take that option, then next year, you know, well, franchise tag him. Okay, well, that's 40 some million. All right, transition tag him. That's $30 million. Why not just pick up the fifth-year option and you have him for $20 million next year, and then if you love him, that's your starting point for, with your negotiation. You're going to give him much more than that in guarantees. So to me, unless you don't think he can play, it's a no-brainer to sign him up for another year and if, to have that option in play. That's where I have the issue, and that's why I couldn't disagree more with your article this morning. I still love WTMJ. you, though. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, it's good to have Vinny. Uh, what do you think? It's does it tell you as a fan anything if the Packers don't pick up Jordan Love's option? Well, here's what I got hung up on: is Gutekunst, and you were right to pick up on it, saying well, that's a lot of money for a guy you hadn't played. I just went back to who was calling for Jordan Love to play last season? Middle of Vince the year. Vince was. <laughs> then then we know. Then we know. We'd have a better idea yeah. for sure. But yeah. We'll I see. Should... All of it, I think, will be an all will be a moot point because I hope. And I think the Packers will pick it up uh, later this afternoon. 759, Mark Tauscher with us this morning. Talk again tomorrow, Tausch. You bet, guys.